get to the inner work first. If we're energetically holding ourselves and our content and our businesses back, then it's a lot harder to grow. This work is what really got me to the point where I would take the bet on myself. From To Be Magnetic, this is The Expanded Podcast with your host, Lacey Phillips. As the leading destination for neural manifestation, we dispel the woo-woo in order to help you create real, tangible results based on neuroplasticity, psychology, epigenetics, and energetics. Our goal is to normalize the practice of manifestation and empower you to get into the driver's seat of your life in order to manifest the experiences, relationships, and things that most align with your authenticity. Part of our manifestation process entails expanding past your limiting subconscious beliefs. Therefore, by tuning into this podcast with interviews from experts, thought leaders, spiritual teachers, scientists, and those with neural manifestation success stories, you're starting the process of expanding your subconscious in order to see to believe that anything you desire is possible. And by pressing play, the process begins. Welcome back, everyone, to the Expanded Podcast. Jessica here. So we are just about rounding out our unblocking challenge. We have gone through six weeks of different DIs through safe, unblocked, fear, anxiety, and aligned action. This is our aligned action week. And we have such a perfect episode to really inspire you to take that action. So today's guest is Kat Norton of Miss Excel. And she has gone on to manifest six-figure months in her business, becoming her own TikTok creator by sharing tips on how to utilize Excel spreadsheets. Now, what I really love about Kat's story is that not only did she go on to have an extremely successful career in this Excel expertise, buy her dream home, her dream car, help retire her mom, pay off her bills, leave her corporate job for good, and work full-time as a content creator and a business owner. But she started all of this during the pandemic. She was working at a corporate office. She was not fully fulfilled and using all of her creative abilities and got the ping to start a TikTok. She was working through all of the unblocking work, essentially doing what we just did in the Unblocked Challenge, where she was facing all of those fears, facing those limiting beliefs, the inner child moments, and clearing all of them, and then allowing tons of pings and downloads to come through on ideas she could create for TikTok in her spare time, started creating the TikTok. And when timing aligned, where the TikTok was growing so large, she was able to monetize off of it. She was able to transition full-time into her business. I know this episode is going to be so impactful. She's a massive expander. She's been on countless covers sharing her tools and techniques. She's been on The Verge, Insider, New York Times, Business Insider, Forbes, CNBC. The list goes on and on and on. I'm so excited for you to be expanded by Kat to take that aligned action and to connect with your manifestations on the other side. 
And a note for anyone who maybe hasn't started the unblocking challenge, has started and kind of fallen off a bit, or someone that's just been listening to the podcast and thinking about signing up, we have our big sale, which is going to lock you in for the lowest rate of the season ending. It was supposed to end today, but honestly, I feel like you guys are going to be so freaking expanded from this episode that we're extending the sale until Sunday the 17th at midnight so you can lock in your lowest rate for the entire year i'm telling you guys now is the time to sign up we also have the unblocking challenge available in the pathway portal for free for members until the end of september one thing i think i'm probably going to do is continuously work with these di's and journal prompts and concepts multiple times over this summer i may even do all five during one week or maybe one week i'll do unblocking again or maybe i'll take myself through the whole challenge again but it's going to be so powerful to really strengthen those new empowering beliefs the new neural pathways and be able to unblock in order to connect with your manifestations on the other side and when we take that aligned action super speeds guys i'm telling you oh I'm so excited for you guys to hear this episode. It's super expansive and stay tuned for the outro and I hope you guys enjoy. And now a word from our partners. Lacey here, quickly interrupting the episode to talk about Bond Charge, formerly Blue Blocks, who we've been partnering with for a couple of years now, and I'm loving the rebrand, which I totally get as a business owner because they've expanded their product to be far more than just blue blocking glasses. And I love the meaning behind their new name, Bond, which we know good. Charge is energy. I mean, so many new things to talk about, but it embodies the DNA of their product, good energy, bond charge, which is bringing to life the optimal way you deserve to feel. And then red and their new logo, which is really, really beautiful, symbolizes life. And it's the color of their signature blue blocking lens, which is really beautiful that they kept that incorporation. So not to be confused, but blue blocks is now bond charge. One of their new products that I think is really, really cool, I used to when hungover and just when I would wake up puffy and I'd have to be on camera, I would take the old Swedish trick. I think I read this once that Kate Moss used to do this before photo shoots. I would take essentially an ice cube and rub it all over my face to try to de-puff and to close the pores in. But of course, it was a mess of melting ice and it would take multiple ice and it would slip through my hands, etc. And they came out with a really, really incredible ice face roller that's super affordable. I've been using that daily. So lately I've been swimming in the ocean every single day, replicating my old water polo practice only for like 20 minutes. And I was really horrible at water polo, but I just had never been in the best shape of my life as I had been at that time. And it's just been really wonderful for my body. So that threw me into this whole spin of I guess biohacking, but also beauty hacking. I think they go hand in hand. So essentially I would swim in the ocean and then I would come home and use their red light therapy device called their mini on my face. And then after doing that for a good 20 to 30 minutes, I would then, you know, put all of my serums on and I would use the ice roller 
which I'm still using daily on my skin, and it was bonkers. So combined with the beautiful minerals of the sea, pulling all of the positive ions out in the sea, and then doing the red light therapy, and then really, really sinking in the serums on my face and shrinking the pores with the ice roller. I mean... It's just really, really, really crazy what happens with both of those devices simultaneously. So super, super beautifying. And I just wanted to mention that because you all know that I sleep with their eye mask every single night. I've been talking about this for years and years and years, far before we ever partnered with them. I use their blue blocking glasses every single day using literally the aviator ones right now as I'm recording this. So beyond all of their incredible light blocking and blue blocking devices and tools, I really think it's worth noting how beautifying their new red light therapy devices are along with their new cold therapy. Highly suggest it. And for instance, the ice roller is $28.95. Like it's just so affordable and it's crazy. I even had now my dear friend who helps support us with Teddy I was like, you have to try this because she talked about how her old roommate would walk around her house always using an ice roller. She's like, oh, I should maybe try that. And then she started trying the Bond Charge one. And I got a text, I think it was two days after she started trying it. And she was like, this is noticeably different on my face. So highly recommend if you're looking for a really cool, not only biohacking, there's so many benefits to using red light therapy that we understand, cell regeneration, reducing fine lines. Look, I'm still in the anti-aging. But if you can use these devices that are really beneficial on a cellular level, on a DNA level, that also happen to be biohacking and are good for you, it's just a win-win for someone like me who's far too sensitive to use any type of neurotoxins, you know, such as Botox, et cetera. So I'm always looking for the perfect support that is super, super beneficial on a health level, but also provides really beautiful results. So just wanted to pop on and chat about that. If you are new to Bond Charge, use the code, all caps, MAGNETIC, M-A-G-N-E-T-I-C, to receive 15% off your purchase. Again, that's all caps, M-A-G-N-E-T-I-C to receive 15% off any purchase. Seed Probiotic, who we have partnered with now for about a year and love and are obsessed with, and we think it's obviously the best probiotic on the market, has finally come out with Pediatric Daily Symbiotic, which is for children ages 3 to 17, and it has nine probiotic strains and a fiber-based prebiotic. The beautiful thing is, is there's no refrigeration necessary. So for us, we're considering going to Europe in the fall. We're also about to take a huge road trip up to the Pacific Northwest. So for someone like us who's on the go and about our land, no refrigeration necessary is really, really appealing, especially in the form of a children's probiotic. And for those of you who have really, really, really sensitive children, it's really beautiful because it's free from 14 classes of allergens and additives, which we know are really rampant now. So it's completely sugar-free, soy-free, gluten-free, dairy-free, nut-free, and sesame-free. And if anybody has a picky eater or a texture picky kid, it's really cool because you actually just tear open their extremely sustainable packaging. 
And you can add it to any smoothie, any drink, yogurt, whatever you're going to be feeding them and mix it right in. And the beautiful thing is it's part of the entire system, like all of seed probiotic, where it's completely engineered to survive. So one of the only probiotics out there that is scientifically proven to make it all the way to the targeted area in your gut. And last but not least, there are five grams of prebiotic fiber per serving. So for myself, who is gearing up to start weaning soon in preparation for the next pregnancy, I'm sitting here wondering where the probiotics are going to come from for Teddy. You know, my milk is obviously so rich in probiotics, but this is the beautiful, beautiful next step as we enter the world of health, digestion, and longevity. So for anybody who wants to try it, use the code, all caps, TBM15, for 15% off the first month. And again, that's all caps, TBM15, for 15% off the first month. And those of you that have kids and teens out there, this is also wonderful for those ages. So thank you, Seed, for creating yet another perfect product. All right. Onto the episode. This is a very highly requested process guest, and this doesn't happen often. But I think, Kat, because of the articles that were written and people heard that you mentioned TBM and you had a lot of success, everyone was like, we have to have her on the process. I'm telling you, like, tens and tens of people have reached out about having you on. So today we have on Kat Norton, Miss Excel. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It is an absolute honor to be here. This is actually the first podcast I had ever listened to, and it's probably the only one I was always consistently listening to because I just absolutely love TBM and this whole community. So I'm so thrilled to be here. Yeah, it's so fascinating because when you go through the TBM work, a lot of it's internal. And so it's kind of hard to be like, here's this external reflection of it. But I think it's so interesting because both in your energy, but then in your external world, it's transformed so much. And it's so cool that you can like visibly show the transformation from one version of yourself to the next. Yes, 100%. So one thing we always kick off with is sun, moon and rising. So what's yours? Oh, yes. So I am a Capricorn sun. I'm a Scorpio moon and an Aries rising. And how do you feel that presents for you? It's like so similar, except for the Aries. I have cancer, but same everything else. How do you feel like that shows up for you? Yeah. So, I mean, I think I've always been a classic Capricorn, just like the workaholic, loving the structure. I'm also a generator in human design. So like that paired with the Capricorn has been a wild combination in terms of productivity. And then the Scorpio piece, I definitely have a very like witchy side, much deeper and like learning how to tap into that type of stuff than I always had known I had. Once I figured out I was a Scorpio moon, I was like, Oh, that's why I'm like that. Also very like FBI level stalking skills, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it ties into the Excel too, like the data analysis. I think that's like my nerdy Capricorn's way of expressing the Scorpio moon is like diving into data. 
That makes so much sense. It's so funny because my friends in college used to call me Detective Gill because whenever they were like, I feel like this person's doing something weird, I'll be like, oh, I'll figure it out or I'll find them on social media or I'll discover their thing. And that's translated to like research now, research both in psychology and like neuroscience, wanting to know how everything works and the systems work. So I so relate to that. Yes, that is me to a T. And then the Aries rising is just people think I come off with that like fiery energy and things. So it's just so interesting to kind of back into the astrology piece and learn more about myself. I've had so much fun with it. Yeah. Okay. And what is your cultural background and upbringing and how did it inform who you are today? So I grew up in my dad's childhood house in Long Island, New York. Wow. Was yes. his, his parents were there or just he took over the house? He took over the house. Okay. So he had moved in there right when he was born. So it was very like generationally deep in there. And I actually did the work out of that house too, which is very interesting from an energetic perspective. So I grew up in that house lots of patterning and things. And I have mom, a dad, and a younger brother. And most of my childhood, I had pretty severe anxiety disorder. So if people look at what I do now and they're like, no way, but I actually hated having any attention on me. I was incredibly shy, low self-worth. It started at a pretty young age with separation anxiety. Like I remember in preschool, this was a lot of the stuff I'd worked there in TBM, but like hugging my teddy bear, crying in preschool and all these things. And it kind of got worse throughout middle school, high school. And then it kind of showed up in a corporate setting as, you know, people pleasing, imposter syndrome, perfectionist, all those things by the time I got into the corporate space. So it was something I'd kind of always struggled with very internally. A lot of people didn't realize on the outside. And the work is something that really helped me overcome that. What do you think, like when you went back in and were pulling back the pieces and seeing what your inner child actually needed in those moments, like what was your inner child craving in those moments where it felt intense anxiety? Safety. Mm. It was safety and like comforting for sure. Like I was constantly, all my anxiety kind of stemmed around like me fearing my own body. Like, oh, I'm going to die. I'm going to pass out. All these like physical things that I was constantly scared of happening where I think I just needed to feel safe in my body. Did you work on reprogramming that aspect? Like how did you give yourself that safety? Yeah. So I did the whole magnetic parents thing. And it's funny. I actually, I was parenting myself with my current partner. And so it was like a very special kind of way to go through. And he did the same thing, actually. So we've both gone through TBM, which has been incredible for our relationship. And yeah, I essentially was just going in and giving myself that comfort and then also envisioning myself like happy in those moments at preschool because it was funny. So I was doing the work in my childhood bedroom, start of the pandemic. It's like March of 2020. And I'd been listening to the podcast for a solid two years at that point. And I was like, you know what? I just need to dive in. And at the same time, a bunch of my friends and I actually decided to start. It was so funny though, because I was doing it in the house with my mom. So I would come out of my room some days crying and I'm like, mom, why'd you dress me weird in kindergarten? Like the kids made fun of me. Like all these things started coming up and she's like, what are you doing? 
<laughs> but it was it was so interesting though to actually have my parents' perspective though because it was funny like the whole like crying teddy bear preschool vision she was like Kathleen that was two days wow but that was the only ones I remembered so that kind of helped reaffirm me going in there and envisioning myself as I thought I would have been just like happy child like running around preschool you know instead of just the pieces that I'd remembered so it kind of really helped having my mom there to fill in those blanks it's so interesting how our memory does that like you could have a hundred days happy free authentic child but because those pain points were so painful, your brain's like, no, 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 we're going to store that in a really accessible place because that was scary and we don't want to feel fear or anxiety like that again. hundred percent. Wow. Okay. So yes, paint this picture for us. So you were working in corporate. When did you realize you wanted to shift your job and sort of go through your list. Like you had a dream job on there. You had a digital nomad lifestyle, your dream home in Sedona, dream car, off-roading vehicle. Like talk about, it was really like a two-year super sped portal almost since you started the work. So kind of walk us through that story. Yes, this is my favorite story to tell. So the journey really began in March of 2020. So before this, I had been working at a consulting firm doing securitization reviews for banks, which as a little creative being over here was not really much of an outlet for that. But, you know, it paid the bills. I loved the company. I loved the people I worked with. So it was just one of those things where I kind of just followed the pattern, went to business school, got a job out of college, and I was still at that same company. So it was one of those things where I was really just like heads down, grinding it out, didn't really stop to take that time for myself until the start of the pandemic. So I'd been traveling for work every week. So Monday mornings at like 3.30 in the morning, I'd take a car to JFK. I'd fly to a different state every week and then fly home like Thursday, Friday, and I did that for three and a half years straight. Oof. So yeah, so I was kind of just running, running, running around and not really taking that time to look inward, just trying to, you know, climb the corporate ladder, make manager, all the things. And with the start of the pandemic, I'd stopped traveling every week for work. And I'd never moved out of my parents' house because I was like, well, you know, I'm only home on the weekends. It doesn't make sense to pay Manhattan rent or something. Mm -hmm. So, and I also had a ton of student debt. So I was like, all right, I am just really home right now in my parents' house. What am I doing with my life? And I had some time to really stop and think. And I was diving into the Expanded Podcast, and I had decided to start doing the Pathway. And classic Capricorn, I just deeply admired the level of structure to this program. <laughs> I was just like, ooh, yes, this is for me. And even Lacey was actually one of my first expanders because I was looking at her platform with TBM and I was like, oh my gosh, like this woman is brilliant. So I started diving in. I am just eating it all up at this point. I get a special notebook for it. I'm taking notes. I go through how to manifest. And then I started digging into um, Unblocked Inner Child. 
And classic, as I'm going through, there was a section where it's like, you know, you go through each of the different age ranges and then you kind of pick, you know, which one stood out for you the most to do. I think it was like six to eight times at the time. And I had like five out of six I wanted to redo. So I build out, you know, a little grid and I'm marking my progress going through each of the different ones. And just every day I ended up doing actually twice a day because at that point I just wanted to get out of inner child land, move on to shadow. So I was just whipping through the inner child stuff over and over and over till it really cleared a ton of that up. And then I dived into Unblocked Shadow, which was really transformative. And I had a lot of it. I was realizing around hiding my face with makeup because I was struggling with a lot of acne. And I always, you know, for like, I think it was since like all through high school, college. So that was something really interesting to like face that shadow aspect of myself and really embrace it and be open about it and talk about it instead of just like caking my face with tons of makeup the second. And I opened my eyes before I'd like walk out the door of my dorm room to go to the bathroom, you know, like I had this whole kind of facade going that I was really able to release. So at this point, I'm diving into this stuff. It's March, it's April. It was really funny, actually, in April of 2020. So I didn't create Miss Excel until June 2020. So this wasn't even a thought in my mind. Like at this point, I'm like, I'm just working on me. I'm reading Dr. Joe Dispenza's books. I'm starting up with Kundalini yoga. I was like doing a lot of different things. And I turned to my mom one day. I come out of my bedroom. I forget. I think I was in shadow or something. And I come out of my room and I was like, mom, I'm going to be rich and famous soon. So I need you to prepare your nervous system for that. Oh (laughs) gosh, I love it. It was so funny. And she's like, Kathleen, what? Like, just like, go clean your room, feet on the ground type of vibe. Because they grew up with the classic, you know, big Irish family scarcity energy. And that's something I've really had to kind of combat with her because it, it was funny. She was just like, what are you saying? And then less than two years later, I retired my mom. So it was just a very, we've had a very special relationship, her kind of just observing this entire process for me and what I've been through and how I've really shifted my mindset around this stuff. Cause I too was deeply rooted in scarcity. Like I remember in college, I was in so much student debt. I would like my friends would go to Starbucks and I would literally like not get a cup of coffee. Cause I'm like, it's too much money. And, you know, really holding myself back a lot and living in this space of scarcity. How did you chip away at that? Cause I think that, I mean, even just saying I was living at home with my mom and dad student debt And then two years later, I'm able to retire my mom. That's so massive, like so expansive. How did you start to chip away at that lack so you could receive? Yeah, I mean, I think it was by the time I got out of shadow, I had the freedom mentally to put myself out there to take the actions to make the changes to create additional income to combat the scarcity. So I think there was just this like layer in front of me where I was holding myself back with my own anxieties that when I pulled that layer, I was ready to 
go. And I was like, okay, like I'm just going to try. I started three businesses within a month because I was just doing all these things. I'm like, whoa, I can do this now. I can do that now. And that started generating more income. And then the scarcity, I was like, whoa, you know, and then I was like paying off my student debt and like doing more things. So I think for me, it was deeply rooted in that lack feeling and just the anxiety layer that I had to peel off with my self-worth too. When were you able to get a coffee without thinking? You know what I mean? Like when did <laughs> when did that click? Because I think it's like, oh shit, I'm doing, I'm able to pay for this now and I'm not feeling anxious. Oh wow, I'm able to pay for this now and I'm not feeling anxious. Like how did that progress? It's interesting too, because that was the feeling I was manifesting at first. I was like, I just want financial freedom and I don't want to think about money anymore. I just want to like do me and not have this feeling of like, ooh, I shouldn't be doing that. And that was really right around when I started Miss Excel. Because I had like a good paying corporate job, but I also had a lot of student debt. And I was also, you know, I never really made extravagant purchases or things like that. But yeah, it was really around this time when everything started moving around and I started adding in new income streams. I was like, whoa. And then the more money I made, the more freedom I felt. And then that would attract more money in. It was kind of just this like loop. So it kind of sounds like you, in a way, you open the portal by going through inner child blocks and shadow blocks. And then that having that abundance come in, you actually expanded yourself and like saw to believe that you could afford things. And when you saw that you could afford them, that's what pulled you out of the lack. And then feeling like taking the action through the stepping through the fear of lack brings you more abundance. Amazingly said. Yes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's, that's really helpful because I think so many people are like, okay, I just need to, I mean, that's a trope you hear, right? In the spiritual world, or especially in the spiritual bypass manifestation rhetoric is like, just buy the expensive item, buy the purse, treat yourself as if you can afford it, and then you will be able to. And it's like, if you haven't done the subconscious work on it, you're going to go into debt. So don't, pay for things that are beyond your means, but have the energy that you deserve to pay for things that you desire. You deserve to have that coffee. And how can you open income streams where it isn't going to put you into debt? And a lot of that is that subconscious work. Absolutely. When did you first get the ping for Miss Excel? <laughs> so now at this point, I had that moment with my mom. I'm still diving into the work every day. And I was on the phone with my best friend, Anna Tansley, who she is a projector in human design, classic. My projector bestie comes up with this stuff. And we're on the phone one day and we were talking about different side hustles and things we could do because we were both working together at the corporate job. It was funny. She was like, what if you put the Excel tips on TikTok? And I was like, TikTok? Like, I have a corporate job. I do securitization reviews. I just, I can't make a TikTok. Like, my brain auto went like, no way. And a little backstory on the side, at my day job, I was teaching Excel for fun. So right when I started, I built out a little Excel training program internally for the company. And then someone looked over my shoulder and was like, what is that? And they backed me and had me flying around the US hosting Excel training. So it was kind of just my passion project. It was my way of being able to help people in the best way I could. Because it was a strength that I had that people needed. And I was like, I'm just going to get this out there. So we were trying to think of ways I could take that skill set and turn it into something on the side to create more income, more freedom. 
and help more people overall. And when she said that, it was funny that I'll never forget. It, it was like a lightning bolt hit me or something. I was glitching out. When she said it, I saw the Excel screen above my head and me dancing under it. Like I got the vision of what my content would look like when she said it, even though my conscious mind was like, no, 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 no. My gut was like, you must make the TikTok. And my brain was like, you cannot make a TikTok. <laughs> and it was so funny. So I have the vision. I saw it. I'm, I'm in this state of internal turmoil for, I think it was about 48 hours. I remember my boyfriend, Mike, coming in and he was like, what's wrong? I was literally just in tears. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I have this idea. I don't know if I should do it. And I was kind of like, eh, 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 like energetically, just like back and forth. And it was a Friday afternoon. Three o'clock comes around. My meetings get canceled. I'm in my childhood bedroom. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to give this thing a shot. And I had the vision of that Drake song, the Tuesday slide, left foot up, right foot slide, to the left and the right function in Excel. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do my hair and makeup or anything. I'm going to do a dry run to see if I can even get an Excel screen above my head because I have not video edited a day in my life. So I watched a 40-minute YouTube video on the easiest video editor I could find called WeVideo. I literally Googled like easiest video editor. And it came up. So I was just so determined to like see my vision come to life. Like I get such satisfaction out of seeing things that are in my mind, like materialize. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to give this a go. And I, you know, filmed the dancing part. I filmed the Excel screen. I edited it and was like, oh, this is actually really cool. So I do my hair and makeup. I film 10 more. I go to bed that night and I wake up the next day. I'm, I turn to my boyfriend. It's like 6 a.m. Something just wakes me up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have the name. And he's like, what? I'm like, it's Miss Excel. And he's like, oh, amazing. Like it was literally so early in the morning, but it just like hit me the second I opened my eyes. So I grabbed the handle on TikTok and I decide not to tell anybody what I'm doing. Because at that point, I was like, this is so out of the box. I'm 27 years old. I'm about to start dancing on the internet. I'm going to keep this DL. So I, I was like, I don't even know if I'm allowed to do this with work. I was trying to like decipher my contracts. I'm like reading through them. I'm like, I think it's fine. So I only tell my mother and my boyfriend. And I start posting one video a day on June 7th, 2020. And by my fourth video, it reaches 100,000 views. It was this like X look up to that DMX song, X go and give it to you. And it starts getting pushed out to all these people, including a lot of people I know, which was like a whole little like shadowy piece. I was like, oh my gosh. By day six, the CEO of an IT company reaches out to me and is like, hey, I love your teaching style. I'm looking to create G Suite training videos now, Google Workspace, which is essentially the Google version of all the programs I was teaching for students, parents, and teachers, because this is when all the schools were starting to go digital with the pandemic. And, you know, clearly I am a Microsoft gal, but I knew the products were pretty similar. I figured I could teach myself. So I was like, okay. So I formed an LLC. I bought a green screen and a ring light, 
and I pushed my bed out of the way in my childhood bedroom, moved all my furniture into a corner. I have like a little 12 by 12 room. And I set up this little studio. So I would work my day job. Then I would film videos for this guy, sell them back to the company. And then I was still making the Miss Excel content at this point because it lit me up. It was helping people. It was getting great traction. It wasn't making money, but I'm like, at least it's, you know, an opportunity magnet. Uh, It was so interesting too. I had wrote down on a piece of paper because I was trying to figure out how much to charge for this freelance work I was doing. And I told Mike, I was saying with Mike and my mom, and I was like, I want to pay my future house mortgage with this side hustle. And I literally wrote it down on a notebook, like my side hustle makes me X. And literally I get on the phone and close the deal for the exact amount and it came through. And I was like, whoa. So then I upped it and I remember writing down like my side hustle makes me $20,000 a month. And then it hit that. And I just kept like writing different things down and then those would start coming through. So it was kind of this process of like getting clear of what I wanted, but also getting super clear on the feeling. So that was something I noticed too with my original manifestation list because it came from a perspective of me prior to really digging in and unblocking myself. So there were things like get a promotion at work and, you know, so I can make a little more money and buy a house on Long Island by my parents. And, you know, like all these things that were originally what I thought I wanted. But then if I dug deeper into them, it was, I wanted a promotion to get financial freedom Mm -hmm. or to at least have a little bit more of it, you know? And like, I wanted a house to have my own space with my I ended up calling in things on like a 10 times greater scale than what was on my list because my conscious mind couldn't even fathom the level of things I would be able to call in. The side hustle, for example, I couldn't have imagined that. Like, that's not how I thought I would ever make money on TikTok, you know, is from a side hustle. Yeah. You know, it just kind of shows about manifesting, you know, the feeling of what we want, but let the universe take care of the how, you know? Yeah. And I'm curious too, like how often did you go in to update your list as you were up leveling? Because I can imagine that, okay, initially it's, I want to raise at work for financial freedom, got the ping, followed this in this Excel thing. This could be another portal. Not really sure how it's going to look. Okay. Let's just like dapple in it and like see what happens. And then you get this consulting job or this job with the CEO to create these videos okay, cool. What could that price be? You hit what you're expanded enough to call in. You hit that and you're like, cool, let's keep going. So how often do you feel like you were updating your list as things were coming through? Yeah. In the beginning, I think it was about every few months. I was kind of like, okay, recenter, get clear. Because the things that were happening to me were things I could have just never predicted. And still to this day, I'd say until at least probably a few weeks ago, because now Mike is actually full-time on with the company and started closing some of my leads. But before that, it was purely an inbound lead business. So every press outlet, every corporate deal, every partnership, they were all just flowing to me. I never had to blast email 100 people and be like, hey, work with me. Like I never put out that energy. I was always just in this deep, deep state of receiving which was very interesting, kind of like learning how to tap into that too. Like anytime I wanted the business to grow, I would work on me because we're just this big energetic connection where the more I expanded myself and my aura and what I could hold energetically, the more would come through. 
So at this point, it's like June of 2020. I'm putting out the Miss Excel videos. I got my little side hustle going. I, I think I was doing like 100-hour weeks at the time, which blessings for the inner generator engine just kind of pushing me through. I was lit. It was so funny. I remember being like 11 o'clock at night and I'm editing these videos. I'm like, ooh, this is so cool. I, I, I love working. <laughs> and I was just having a great time. And I remember people being like, what are you doing. Like you're talking to yourself in your room. It's like a Saturday night, but I was just so lit up by what I was doing, which is a whole thing with generators too, is really following what lights you up. And it was just creating this engine within me to keep whipping things out. So now at this point, I think it was like three weeks in into June and I have my first TikTok video go quote unquote viral. And I'll never forget, I looked down at my phone and I'm just getting blasted with notifications. Like every second I was refreshing my screen and it was like 15 more followers, 15 more followers, the whole screen would fill up. And I was like, whoa, what is going on? And the video got 3.7 million views. I looked down at my phone and a day later I had a hundred thousand followers on TikTok. Wow. And oh my God. I got chills. <laughs> it was so wild. Cause I like, if you looked at my personal Instagram account, you would know I was not the influencer type. You know, I had no idea really what I was doing out there. I was just kind of dancing to left functions, having a nice time. And people were loving the content though. And, you know, classic, there were people who loved it, people who hated it. We live on a polarity planet. And then we had the squad in between who were just like, what is she doing? There's dancing, there's Excel. What is this? Because when I first started the account, there were no other Excel influencers in the TikTok space. There were YouTubers, but I remember looking and was like, nobody's doing it. And now there's like 40 of us out there. But at the time it had created so much polarity because people were just like, whoa, like Excel dancing together. What is this? That it really got it off the ground in the algorithm. And at this point, I had, you know, classic, like a bunch of baby boomer generation, like parents, friends and things being like, oh, well, you know, TikTok is going to get banned in the US. So good luck with that type of energy. And I was like, I'm just going to have to create an Instagram. So I made an Instagram and I thought some people would pull over from the TikTok side, but only 2000 people did. So at this point, I'm like, okay, I need to go viral on Instagram. So at this point, I was spending a lot of time really reverse engineering how I had gone viral and figuring it out. And for me, it is all a game of energy. So I view content essentially as energy transmissions. So when I create a video, it's the energy I put into it. It's my vibration when I'm creating it. It's the energy when I'm physically posting it. Like if I'm in a bad mood, I will not post because that energy is attached to the video that is being sent out. And first off, I would never want to blast out bad energy. But secondly, that just kind of crushes it in the algorithm. If you have these darker thoughts going on where it's like, ooh, you know, what if that triggers this group of people? Or, you know, what if my hair looks bad? Or what if this? And you go into it with essentially layers of blocking on yourself. That kind of holds the video back in the algorithm. So really for me, it was about creating things that were so true to my authentic self and things that I loved and things that I was generally proud of. But then that really helped me get into the Instagram algorithms with reels. And next thing you know, I had 50,000 followers on Instagram in like a week. And then it grew and it grew. And I kind of just kept going viral, I'd say every month or so 
across the platform. So the followings are growing so dramatically. And at this point still, I'm not making any money from Miss Excel. I was just pouring out tons of free content because for me, I really created this to help people. Essentially with Excel, it's really, it's a tool that can be used to empower people, make people feel confident at work, get promotions, get raises. I just wanted to essentially alleviate the anxiety that I always felt that a lot of people feel when they open up these programs and they just feel like incompetent or just anxious or, you know, I wanted to help eliminate that on a large scale. So I just kept whipping out content, you know, every day or so. And by October, I was like, ooh, I should really have a course. And it was funny because a lot of my following had been reaching out being like, hey, do you have a course? Do you have a course? And what did I do? (laughs) I Googled, you know, easiest to use course platforms and kind of backed into it. And the TBM portal was a huge inspiration for me, just the video quality, how it was set up. And I was like, wow, I bet I could create something similar, but Excel. So I took two weeks off from my day job, was on vacation, aka in my living room, and (laughs) I sat down and mapped out the coolest Excel course I could possibly fathom. I sat with that outline and was just infusing it with as much fun and creativity as I possibly could. Because for me, like this was such an exciting opportunity to manifest something out of my head and create it in reality. So I filmed myself a hundred training videos and then edited every single one and selling it Black Friday of 2020. By January of 2021, so two months later, the passive income from the course sales was more than I was making each month at my day job. Mm. So at that point, I was like, girl, you got to rethink your priorities. Like (laughs) I am giving my day job 40 hours a week and Miss Excel really only took me like 10, but it was making the same amount of money. And it was funny. I was on the phone with Ashley Hanawacker, one of my business coaches, and she was like, what are you doing? at that day job. And I was like, oh, you know, health insurance, benefits, which is something, you know, I I was being fed by my parents too. They were like, what are you going to do about health insurance? What are you going to do about this? What if 401k, no match? I was like, mom, this is going to bring in so much abundance that we're not even going to think about the health insurance. You know, like I'm not going to let free health insurance, like hold me back in my job, you know? Yeah. So it was, it was really kind of facing that and just having this confidence in myself, which I really feel that entrepreneurship, that's what it really is. It's taking the bet on you. And I I remember explaining this to my mom. I was like, if I know with 100% certainty that I am not giving up on me and I will not stop until I get where I'm going, there is no risk. This is a hundred percent success rate. I will not stop till I get there. And I just kind of went in with that mindset. And February 1st, 2021 was my last day in corporate America. I will never forget quitting my day job. Congratulations. Thank you. It was so funny because like half my group knew I had a TikTok, but didn't really tell me. They were kind of like, oh, cute, TikTok. And the other half had no idea. So even like my phone calls, it was like, hey, Steve. Do do you know about me on the internet? You know, it was just (laughs) such a, it was, it was a funny time. But yeah, and at that point, the business hadn't even hit six figures yet. But I was just like, I know 
that this is will be huge if I give it more of my attention, you know? And if I dreamed of being able to like work in a coffee shop with my laptop and work for myself, like I just kind of kept holding that vision. And uh, yeah, by April, I started really scaling it with the webinar course methods and all these different opportunities started flowing through with like, you know, the press and then press articles going viral. And I kind of just kept generating the income and growing it and growing it. And it was fun though for me. I was doing maybe like 15 hours a week, just creating things I love. Once every month or so, I would do a webinar, which would be like the heavy cash inflow days. And the whole thing scaled to a seven-figure business within a year of that. The amount of ease and grace I have felt in this, though, I think is just such a testament to doing the inner work first because myself with my old patterning could not have been able to handle by far the amount of even just the tension that I was getting. Because for me, I was always kind of hiding in the shadows. I would like turn bright red if people looked at me or like I had to speak. Oh my gosh, public speaking was a no-go for me. And now I'm a keynote speaker speaking on these types of things. So it's really, it was such a huge part of getting me to where I'm going. And I'm not stopping. Like I, I know my highest self is still up there and I just keep doing work on myself every day to try to get to that spot. So I'm quickly interrupting this episode to invite you if you're ready to start your manifestation journey, or if anything you've heard in our manifestation episodes has piqued your interest to begin. We have a la carte workshops in everything from the basics bundle, which is what we recommend to everyone who starts. It's the formula that actually teaches you how to manifest, unblocked inner child, and unblocked shadow. We also have a la carte workshops on love and money. But the real gem is the Pathway membership because it encompasses every single workshop we have. It's a year-long membership with full access to the few a la carte offerings we have and exclusive workshops not available anywhere else, such as the daily practice, which is what everybody in the Pathway uses, hopefully at least three times a week to daily in order to truly create the new neural pathways that one needs in order to manifest and houses the library of our deep imaginings, which is our unique hypnosis process that allows you to get into your subconscious and overwrite those old neural pathways, creating the new ones. And this is the last weekend you can sign up for our biggest summer sale. The sale is ending this Sunday, July 17th at midnight PST. So make sure you sign up before Sunday to be locked in for the lowest rates of the season. This is for new or returning members only. It is not valid for any active plans. If you are up for a renewal soon, an email will be on the way. But for any of the new or returning members, you can spin the spinner and receive a code. That code gives you a special discount that you can use for the 12-month membership commitment. And right now we are in the middle of our unblocking challenge. You can join and start at any time where we're taking our core limiting belief and working through it from various different angles and deep imaginings each week to really get on the other side of that core wound and plant a new empowering belief and connect with our manifestations on the other side. Okay, now back to the episode. 
So going back a little bit, when you talked about preparing your energy before posting, I think that's a really interesting way to look at social media and the content we share and how we share things online. And you could say this is like a spiritual bypassy thing, but I think it's also curating the intention behind it. And I think it's the subconscious work on top of it. So let's say you felt fear and you were worried about hater messages or whatever that is, what would you do to combat that? Because you can't just say, oh, well, too bad. I'm going to do it anyways, or fake it till you make it, you know, like, how do you process if you are feeling real fear or scarcity when you were about to post something? Well, those are the best times because then we can look at what is triggering us and what we are scared of and dive into it and clear it up. So for me, anytime I would actually get triggered by something someone said, I would be like, whoa, that's amazing. That's an area that I get to work on. And so for me, it was kind of getting myself to a place where my coach put this in a really good way. Like, for example, if I was like, you know what? You are a blue frog. You would be like, okay, have a nice day, you know, because you deeply know you are not a blue frog, you're a human. So it doesn't hit, right? But if I said something to you where it hit and you were like, oh, they think I'm this. And it's something that you think you actually could be, that kind of shines a light on where we get to do the work. So anytime I would have something like that come up, that's where I would be like, okay, let's put on the brakes for a minute and let's do a DI and kind of get to the bottom of this and start clearing this thing out. So I did a lot of that before I started posting. So by the time I did, most things that would come through, I'm just like, okay, Joe with 12 followers, tell me to stop dancing. All I do too is I never respond to anything dark because I don't want to perpetuate that energy. I essentially just bless them in my mind and move forward because they they need that blessing more than I do. I love that. So just for anyone out there breaking down this process is if you are feeling before even sharing something, oh no, what if they make fun of my dancing? Oh no, what if they do this? Oh no, what if people think this is so corny? Or what if this friend from high school sees it and thinks I'm lame? Pause, go into the DI, self-soothe, start to heal that stuff, whether it's trigger DI or shadow and inner child, inner child workshops, start to heal that, then post and see what presents on the other side of that. Yes, I love that. The trigger DI is my go-to. Okay, and the other piece is, how were you holding space for these gigantic up levels? Because it is so much attention so quickly, so much money different from where you were at before so quickly. How did you both like ground into your nervous system, but also mentally hold space for this interaction? So I'd say a big part of it at first, which I still do now, is energetically, I am 10 steps ahead of where I am. Like I think Entrepreneur Magazine posted the other week was like, Cat knows she's a billionaire and she is riding through time to get there. But like just energetically, (laughs) I am always just 10 steps ahead. So when the things come through, it's kind of like my body expected them. But sometimes things happen actually pretty often that I don't expect. For example, when I was on the Verge podcast with Neelay Patel, 
it ended up really going viral, like 50 different publications globally made articles on it. It was, you know, girl manifest $100,000 day. And just like, you know, and for me, like, it's really, really important to talk about the manifestation perspective. Because I think from an entrepreneurial standpoint, it is something that is completely overlooked and the importance of energetics in terms of business. But it was one of those things where I, I was planning that month to like lock myself in a house and like whip up six courses and just grind it out. Next thing you know, I'm like on all these podcasts and press interviews and meetings. And actually my nervous system, this was around like November, December, started glitching pretty hard. My eyes kept twitching. My hands kept shaking. I was having like little baby panic attacks. I was like, whoa. So I just dug deeper into myself and was like, okay, we got to keep expanding for this. And a big part that I realized helped me too was getting into a better physical environment. So Mm. for example, I I was a digital nomad for 18 months. So every month, Mike and I would rent an Airbnb somewhere in the US and move our whole lives. And, you know, I was living in Hawaii for a couple months, Austin, Texas, Miami, California, all over Arizona. And we just kind of kept moving around because he quit his day job two months after I did. So we were like, we have no ties, let's move around. And months where I was living in, let's say, Austin, Texas, for example, in a city, it was a lot harder for me to ground and calm down my nervous system because I was also, I think I've become more and more empathic the more I dive into these things and feeling other people's feelings. And it was a lot for me where I learned that in places like Sedona, Arizona, I am so deeply grounded. And that combined with the energy vortexes here has been incredible for scaling the business really quickly. Like a lot of people will fly here to launch particular products and things to kind of get in that energy. But for me, yeah, it's so cool. Like I've like tested it out. Like I would go home to New York and it would be like crickets because the whole thing's inbound leads, right? So I was kind of able to track what was going on. And then I come back to Sedona and two days in the largest deal ever falls on my lap. That kind of learning how to work with that, that's why we bought our dream house in Sedona a few weeks ago because there's nowhere else I can live where I could be so deeply grounded, which allows me to go so much higher because I live in this very digital space. And a lot of the stuff is that I do too is very like esoteric and I'm like flying high a lot of the times deeply in meditation and like having somewhere where I'm so grounded in the red rocks and just it's a such a calm, safe community that I live in. I feel very safe here, which is a thing for my inner child. Actually, I'm putting this together now. That was one of the things I was working on was like not feeling safe. And I just feel so safe and held here that I think that really helps me just kind of blast off. I think that's so important too. And when people are thinking about their manifestation list and what they're calling in, how do you create an environment? And by the time this episode airs, we'll have released a new DI called Safe, where you curate your safe place in your mind. But basically, it's it you really have to think about, okay, physically, where can my body handle these manifestations? You know, and if you look around the spot that you're living, maybe you can't up and leave right away, but start to think about the steps you might take to be in the space that is able to hold that manifestation. I love that. And I can't wait for that, DI. <laughs> I know you're going to love it. It's so good. And then talk about some of those root memories that came up, especially with feeling scared to talk in front of people or share you had the memory of singing and what people thought of your voice and then the drama cadets, so to speak. So talk about those memories and how you unblocked those. 
This is one of my favorite stories that I really figured out and was able to kind of like piece together. Like this was one of the first times when doing the TBM work where I was like, whoa, here is that core memory from age zero to seven. And here is how it manifested into my current reality throughout like years of my life. So this is my favorite example to talk about. So in kindergarten, in my yearbook, I wrote that I wanted to be a rock star. And for me, I don't think it was as much about the singing because I didn't really, you know, know motivational speakers were like a thing then. It was more so I wanted to be the one on the stage. I loved going to concerts with my dad. Like I was always looking at the person on the stage. I was like, wow, I want that to be me one day. And then in first grade, I had one of those plastic toy microphones, you know, the ones that make like the little echoey noises. And I was singing into it in front of my family and my mom, bless her heart, she was absolutely right. Your girl was not gifted with a vocal cords like Beyonce, but she was like, Kathleen, you're great at a lot of things, but you can't sing. And little me took that as I'm not worthy of being the one on the stage. So then years go by, now I'm in middle school, you know, I'm kind of like, back hiding in the shadows, the anxiety's taken over. I'm hating any attention on me. I don't raise my hand in class unless I am absolutely sure I'm right. And by middle school, what group of friends do I call in to continue to affirm this belief? Because your mind will constantly call in things to reaffirm your beliefs is the drama cadets. So all my friends are the ones on the stage and in choir and we're in the carpools and they're singing. And I am the one like untalented friend always in the audience watching my friends on stage. And it continues to really manifest throughout my life and just like the way I conduct myself. Very soft-spoken, just hating giving presentations. I remember trying to like barter with my teachers before class being like, can I just present this to you after class so I'm not up in front of everybody? I was just trying left and right to get out of presenting. I stopped having birthday parties because I didn't want the attention on me, didn't feel worthy of it. And then by the time I got into corporate, I kind of had a hold on the anxiety piece of it, but it was more so just showing up in those classic, you know, imposter syndrome, perfectionist, you know, not really stepping out of my lane. I was very much in a spot where I would only do what I was comfortable with, but it was so cool to be able to trace that memory back. And I just had this moment where I saw all the dots connect and was like, whoa, I think it's so powerful too, because when you go back and trace those memories, not only can you comfort those different ages and versions of self, but then as you take action, put yourself on the stage, the stage of TikTok or stage of being a keynote speaker, you are healing that inner child who wanted to be a part of the drama cadets or wanted to be a singer in all of those moments. Absolutely. It was such a, it's so cool how the whole thing really came full circle. And I think that's why I get such like a deep level of satisfaction out of continuing to explore this space and create things and be more in the public eye. Like it's something that I thrive in now. (laughs) Normally before this, I would have practiced a presentation thousands of times. And now I just go into them and kind of wing things or like podcasts, for example, I get into a state where I channel and like the words just come out and I listen to it after and I'm like, whoa, where'd that come from? But kind of learning how to tap into that spot where beforehand I was just blocking it and just 
over-practicing and just coming off very rehearsed. And I still kind of do. This might be a little Capricorn thing, but or Scorpio even. But I think things through 20 levels. I control things, which I think was a part of the anxiety as well, where now I kind of free flow more. So how did you talk about like almost the portal day that you called in your home and a couple other manifestations came through? Yeah, yeah. So this was super special. So I had been manifesting a house in Sedona really since we came here in October of 2020. Mike and I absolutely fell in love with it here. It felt so rebellious to even come here because his dad's our accountant. And he was like, oh, this doesn't make financial sense, you know? Like, you live for free in your parents' house. Like, why would you pay rent somewhere? You know, all that. But we're like, we're going, just the two of us, four weeks. It sounded so wild to everyone. They were like, what? And it got to this point where I was like, okay, this is our place. We are so, so happy here. We started making a ton of friends. And I had this vision of the house and I'd seen two parts of it through meditations and dreams where one part was like big white open space with like this giant picture window. And then I'd also seen a large balcony. I didn't see exactly what the view was because there's a lot of different mountain ranges in Sedona, but I had this like big expansive, like I wanted expansive. So... I had no idea how much money I could get for a mortgage because I had had these limiting beliefs being poured in my ears that, you know, as an entrepreneur, it's hard to get a mortgage. And every time someone would say that to me, I was just like, no, no, not for me. Nope. And I just kind of like had blocked it out, blocked it out and was going into it. I'm like, this is going to be easy. And this is going to be fun. Now, given the current housing market is pretty wild. And in Sedona, it especially was at the time still is very hot market. Prices have doubled. Tons of investors with cash because it's a huge Airbnb market. And there were all these rumors that the Airbnb market was changing in June that like no more properties could be rented after that time. And you'd have to like wait for other ones to drop out. So people were just buying up properties everywhere. And we're up against like all these huge investors. So it was funny. It actually started, I was on a Kundalini yoga retreat and I had met this interior designer, Stephanie Larson. She's so cool. And I was like, I am manifesting a no budget Stephanie Larson design job. I was like, I want to work with you. She gets like flown around on private jets doing all these billionaires houses. I was like, I want to design a house with Stephanie Larson. And it was so funny. She had asked me my budget like months before I got the mortgage. And she was like, why don't you manifest? It was like a million dollars more. And I was like, huh, you're right. Like given what the market was, because the budget's like here, astronomical, like what the houses go for. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to manifest that. And that was the exact amount I got the mortgage for. And that was the exact amount my house came in for. So she just kind of like planted that seed, expanded my mind. Cause I did the math. I did not think I was going to get that much. So it was really, she kind of like planted that seed. And then the exact to the dollar amount was the amount that we got the mortgage for and the house came in for. Wow. Yeah, it was such an interesting moment where she just expanded me in that way. And then now months go by, I get the mortgage. I'm so excited. We start looking at houses. And this is like end of February of 2022. And we spend, I think it was like two and a half, three weeks. Now with my realtor, I was like, okay, I want to find my person. Because this is, I I wasn't viewing this as like a realtor to find your house. I'm like, this is someone I'm co-manifesting my house with. This is a big deal. So I was like interviewing realtors and I met this realtor. Her name is Donna Meek. And she 
had been meditating with me in a small 10-person Instagram live container with my best friend, Anna, for a month. And I didn't make the connection that that was the same Donna. So I was like, oh my gosh, I've been doing kundalini yoga with this woman for a month now. She's so tapped in. I'm like, she's the one. And she was best friends with my designer. So the two of them, it just all worked out. And so Donna calls me and she's like, I found your house. And I was like, Donna, like, what, what do you mean? And she's like, come to this address at 2.15. And so I run into Mike. I'm like, Mike, Donna found the house. Cancel your meeting. We have to go. So we move around our whole schedule. Now, meanwhile, on the back end, the person who was selling our house, Stephanie Larson designed it already with her husband. And they were friends. So she called her and she immediately called my realtor and was like, oh my gosh, I have a great house for Mike and Kat. And Donna was like, oh, I'm showing them that house at 215. Like the universe just lined everything up. And then it was wild though, because the seller's realtor that morning, they had this big real estate meeting with a bunch of the different realtors in the area. And she was naming her new listings and accidentally gave all the other realtors the wrong address. So we were seeing it pre-market. It wasn't getting viewed until the following Monday. Right now it's like a Thursday. And everyone's got the wrong address, which like there's a lot of things going on mystically in Sedona. Like they say, fairies hide your house so you only you can find it, like things like that. And so I was really trying to work with that energy because like you, you got to work with the land out here to be able to get the house you want. So basically... Donna ends up having another listing with that realtor later that day is one of the only people that gets the correct address. So we were one of the few people that actually saw the property, which was really helped us get it. I think only three people saw it instead of like 40. So at that point, we get to the house. I take two steps in the door and I'm like, oh my gosh. Like it was just everything washed over me. I was like, this is it. I'm done. And it was interesting because I had this other house before it, which was definitely a test where I cried. I'm walking around. I'm calling my mom. I'm like, I think this might be it. I had a few things that were off, but I'm like, this is probably as good as we're going to get, you know? Mm-hmm. And it ended up being a really weird finance deal. So I had let that one go. But this one, I didn't cry. Like something came over me that was like, mama bear mode. I was like, Mm. this is my house and I will do anything in my power to get it. This like armor came on me where I was like, oh, it's go time. And the seller's realtor was like, listen, like put your best foot forward. We're going to decide on offer by tomorrow. If you want to put it in tonight's the night and one shot, they're not going to go back and forth and stuff. And so it was so funny. So we go back and, you know, the house was everything I had dreamed of. I walked in. It was the white walls, vaulted ceiling. It had the giant picture window, which most places in Sedona are like ranch styles. They're not two stories. It had a two-story giant picture window overlooking the best views I've ever seen in Sedona. I've stayed in 10 places. I've been to tons of restaurants. It backs to all national forest land that no one can build on. And it's the most expansive view I've ever seen. It has a huge wraparound deck, 270 degree views. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is what I saw. And I just, I knew it was ours, but I knew, you know, obviously the market's pretty wild. So we go home and I'm like, I will give the largest offer we can give. And I just went in, I removed the inspection contingency and the appraisal contingency, which if any real estate people are listening to this is very bold thing to do. Uh, (laughs) But intuitively, I was just like, 
this is it. And I, I, it was so strong. Like my intuition, I've never experienced it being so strong where like, no matter what people were saying to me, like, oh, why don't you try to go in a little lower? Oh, why don't you keep this contingency? I was like, no, that's my house. We're going all in. And that's what we have to do. Just my intuition was so strong. So I followed my gut. I went to the max of my budget. I removed all the contingencies because I just knew I was protected. It was this interesting thing. And then like the inspection came back completely clean. Everything worked out and it appraised pretty close to um, what we had put it in for. So I was like, okay, bullets dodged. We're good here. And oh yeah. So we ended up obviously getting the house. They approved our offer the next morning. There was an offer 500,000 over ours and they still picked us. Wow. Perspective is wild, but it just energetically, I knew it was it. And I called and they were like, you got the house. And I was just hysterical. I remember I called both my parents. Everyone's crying. My dad was actually a really big vision holder for me on this, meditating for me a ton behind the scenes. I feel like our whole community really came through for us on this one. We had just a lot of energy being focused in on that outcome and it came through and we moved in March 31st and it has been such a dream. It actually came furnished as well. By Stephanie Larson, right? Yeah, exactly. Wow. By Stephanie. Oh and we're, we're giving it our own special touch. She's actually coming over right after this to kind of plot out because we're doing a few little changes. But it, it was just so cool to have something that was, you know, already had her touch. And it was just so full circle that she had come up with the amount that the house was and called in and it just all worked out. So it was just the wildest thing. And then it was crazy. So when we got the keys to the house, it opened up this portal where, so Mike and I had always had this ongoing joke for five years. We've been together for a while now. It would be like, I'm going to buy you a Porsche. And he was like, no, I'm going to buy you a Porsche. And we'd always kind of push each other in our careers and vision hold and whatnot. And we were at a photo shoot in Phoenix and we were right by the Porsche dealership. We hadn't started looking at a car yet. We had been renting cars and houses this whole time. So we both, neither of us owned a car. He used to work for Enterprise. So we always had like a company car. We were like, let's just walk in the Porsche dealership. And now there's a massive car shortage right now. There's also a very massive Porsche shortage right now because they don't make very many of them to begin with. And they're like, yeah, we really don't have any cars. We have like one or two. They're like showing me their Excel spreadsheet with all the cars and they're like taken, 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 taken. And people order them years in advance. But obviously we needed a car now. Like we just had a house. We had no vehicle. I told them what I wanted. I was like, listen, we've been dreaming of a black Porsche 911 convertible, red interior. And he's like, well, well, that's really interesting. And he's looking at a spreadsheet. I'm like, what? He's like, someone dropped out this morning for a black 911 Porsche convertible red interior. What? And you know, at this point, I'm like, Mike, this is our car. I'm like, you know, I'm and classic, you know, at a car dealership, I'm not playing it cool at all right now. And Mike was in the car industry. So he's looking at me, he's like, stop it. <laughs> I'm like, losing it. Oh my gosh, this is so crazy. Because for me, it's all just like a manifestation game, you know? I'm like, what are the chances of that? And so we end up getting the car. And then literally the next day, like the other piece of my Sedona vision was like big house. I wanted the Porsche. And then it was an off-roading vehicle. Like that's one of Mike and I's favorite things. We were renting them every weekend. And we're like, we should just get our own. And we always dreamed of one. And, you know, I make a couple phone calls. I wake up that morning. I'm like, it's here. And he's like, what? I'm like, 
are off-roading vehicles here. Like, I'm like, I feel it. I feel it in the field. I'm like, I'm just going to make a few moves right now. He's like, okay. So I make a couple phone calls. And one of the dealerships down here is like, hey, like we might have something come down. He's like, most of the things we're getting are missing parts because there's a huge shortage again. And so I get there and they have one thing on site and it was literally everything on my list. And I'm looking at this thing. I'm like, this is amazing. It matches the Porsche. We test ride it. We're like, this is great. And they're like, someone has a deposit on it. No. And I had this moment where I'm like, I'm not going to hold that. Like energetically, I'm like, nah, that's still it. And it ends up Mike, you know, Mike's very, very good at sales. And he's talking to the sales guys like, listen, tell them. So basically there was another one in green in Phoenix. And I was like, I can't go home with the green one. This one is the one. Energetically, I just knew. And they actually, Mike coached him up and he convinced the other guy to buy the green one. And we took it home that day. So what do you think if you had to think back around this time? And I think for anyone listening to this is really important when these huge kismet manifestations come through, what were some of the biggest tests that you passed right before? Like, yes, there was the not saying no, not settling. I mean, with the house, it's like not leading into your old lack mentality, which would have been like, oh, undercut or keep the contingencies in your abundance was like, nope, I'm going to put in for exactly what I feel comfortable spending, not a penny less because I know this is my house. But what were some of the biggest tests you passed I would say less opportunity tests, but more emotional tests, like trigger tests that came up maybe a week prior, two weeks prior, day prior. What were those tests? Because I think that's so important. That is part of your pattern of manifesting. Yeah, I think the biggest definitely emotional test I was having was after I made that wicked deal to remove all the contingencies and do the things in those two weeks leading up to getting the house. I had to kind of live out my decision. Mm. So it was a lot of just pressure and anxiety trying to come through about, you know, what if the house doesn't appraise? You have to come up with that cash on top of the down payment. So I'm sitting there crunching numbers. I'm like, what if it comes in at this? What if it comes in at that? Because I had like maxed myself out too with the mortgage piece. Like everything came in like to the dollar. And so for me, that was a big emotional game was like trying to redirect my thought forms and be like, no, we're not going to spiral down this right now. Cause I knew I was still actively manifesting the outcome I wanted. So I'm like, I don't want to get into this dark place. But I had these moments where like, for example, jumbo loans, you need two appraisals with the mortgage broker I was working with. And the first one came in pretty decently under. So at this point, I'm like, oh my gosh, and who even knows what the second one's going to come in at? So that was a time where I was really having to lean into my support system. My dad was really big vision holder with me on this one. He got super into meditation the last couple of years and was just holding it down for me energetically. He's like, I'm not scared. He's like, I just know this worked out already. I'm not scared. And at the same time, I was just like really trying to self-care because I would have these moments of scarcity because I'm like, if it comes in, you know, I sign these contracts and if the appraisal comes in really low, that could wipe me out. And I haven't felt that scarcity in so long, you know, because I was just kind of flowing in this abundance with Miss Excel. So it was like those things popping back up for me. And it was really interesting because I hadn't felt like that in a while. And it was kind of cool, though, to feel the polarity of that again, because I remember looking at Mike and I was like, I will never feel like this again. 
I'm just going to blast things off after this because it, it was like a sticky situation. And we ended up getting the appraisal looked at again and it came in much higher and it was amazing after that. But it was really those couple weeks where I was living out that bold, intuitive moment where I just went in like guns a blizz. And I'm like, let's remove everything, take all my money and let's do this thing. And everyone's like, what? But I just knew like that was how I had to do it to get the house because I clearly I was up against higher cash offers. Right. What do you think that core wound is there. What is that sort of limiting belief that you had to fight against? I'm not worthy of it. I'm not in abundance. Like, what is that sort of negative mantra that you were counteracting? I think it was this fear of it's all going to end. The rug being pulled out from underneath me, thinking like this could all end. Like, you know, like this is the end of your prosperity run. And that's something I still am always working on in myself where I keep just having to like get myself on that track where I'm holding the vision of where I'm going and not flip back into the scarcity mindset of, oh, this could be over tomorrow. You know, like nice run, you're done here type of thing. I think it's so powerful because you'll probably notice as you move forward too that some of your biggest manifestations will come through after you step through the fear of that. It's almost like you have to comfort the part of you that's scared. Okay, what if it does all go away? Well, is my self-worth still here? Am I still good enough? Am I safe? Okay, yes. All right, great. Then I can step through it. Yeah. And so it's showing yourself you can. You know, like I felt so empowered when I like made the deal and the things came through. Like after the house came through, I was like, I'm never doubting myself again. The house, the car, the car. Like it was because, you know, Mike is more of my... Uh, financially sensitive counterpart. Like he'll be the one being like, okay, like, do we need a Porsche right now? Like, you know, but I, I'm like, nope, that's it. Energetically, like intuitively, I just, I, I'm really learning to trust that intuition more and more. Cause I just knew like, that was our car. That was our house. Like, I just like knew it and kind of just did what I intuitively knew I had to do. And like, after those moments being on the other side of it now, incredibly happy with everything and how it played out. I'm just like, wow, I'm just not going to doubt myself again. And I think it's those moments where we kind of train our minds to keep trusting and trusting and trusting that intuition is what really helps things get easier. A hundred percent. And the fact that you stepped through it, it came through taking those actions and taking those aligned actions and passing those tests, like that is what strengthens it. So it becomes easier to trust that intuition on the other side. Every single time that you move through that fear, you are becoming your own expander. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's like mental training, you know? And like, that's how we grow. It's like pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone, follow your intuition, do the thing. It's It's that messy action, you know? Once we unblock, then it's like, do we do it or do we not? You know, and like taking that messy action just keeps kind of showing ourselves that we could keep going with it. What is one piece of advice that you would offer to someone who's in the 2020 version of you who might be living at home with their parents or they're thinking of launching a business, but they're stuck in another job that they're feeling really unfulfilled in. They're really excited and lit up hearing your story. What would be one tip for someone just starting out on that journey? I would say commit to the inner work first. That is something where I see a lot of creators now kind of holding themselves back because they didn't clear out 
the things kind of holding them in place first. Because sometimes you could take the messy action, but if we're energetically holding ourselves and our content and our businesses back, then it's a lot harder to grow than if we clear ourselves first. And like, yeah, it's not like the most fun thing in the world. I'm like crying on my bedroom floor doing inner child work, but am I so incredibly grateful that I did that? Yes, because there's zero shot I would have posted myself dancing on TikTok to a left function if I didn't clear that stuff out first. Like this work is what really got me to the point where I would take the bet on myself. So if you're on the fence or you feel like your confidence with it is kind of like, eh, like I'm not sure about it. And even if you're just like listening to this podcast right now and haven't started with TBM or some form of inner work, I would really, really 100% of my heart recommend, especially with TBM, starting that work on yourself because it is the best gift you can give to yourself. I was never truly happy until I had done this work. I was not happy with myself. I was looked happy on the outside, but inside I was still fighting demons. And I think that just above everything, like above the abundance and all the things that come through, it's waking up every day so genuinely happy because you are making the choices in your life that you want to make because you authentically can act from that place and feel no remorse about it. Like I'm going to get up and make this boundary and do this thing I want to do type of vibe. It's like that type of energy. And then it just radiates out from you and you just wake up so much happier every day. So for me, I was never truly, truly happy until I dove into this work. So I would just recommend shadow from the rooftops. I've shouted from magazines and articles and things. Like <laughs> I just absolutely love this community. I love the work you're all doing here. And I would fully support that and give that advice. I'm just thinking of your inner child singing on that microphone, like how happy it must be right now to be in the situation you're at, just like living your authentic truth, sharing your your skills and blessings and everything with the world. It's so beautiful. Yeah, it's such a it's such a full circle type of thing, you know? It's that's why I think I feel so just happy and fulfilled now cuz every day I'm just like doing cool things and just doing things that light me up and like having the ability to say no. That was something I had to work on a lot too, to just, especially as a generator, you got to be doing what lights you up, you know? So I just kind of learned to ask my body if, is this a hell yes? And if not, it's a no. And really just navigate situations from that space. So expansive, Kat. So excited for what's next for you. I know it's going to be massive and I hope you are enjoying your your massive up level in the meantime. And we're just so grateful to have you a part of this community. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you so much for having me. This was something I've been manifesting for a long time. So it is just so, so cool to be a part of this and to be on this podcast. Amazing. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye. Wow. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode as much as I did and we did over at TBM. It's so powerful. And she really nailed it there at the end. It's not about all the abundance and the shiny things and all of that. It's living in alignment with your true authentic self, whatever that looks like. So whether you're calling in a new job, doing something in the public eye, calling in a partner, just wanting to live a remote gardening life off, you know, in the hills of wherever, 
just getting really clear on who you are authentically, what you want to bring into this world, and knowing that it's so possible and attainable probably faster than you imagine. And I just wanted to share this other manifestation story with someone who is working through the unblocking challenge who's already manifested their partner. Before the challenge started, they were super afraid of going on Hinge, but they kept getting a strong ping to go on there. And they wound up listening to their intuition about certain things to post in their profile. So they wrote in and said, Within three weeks of being on the app, I had the most kismet connection with a guy. He said my profile was the best he had ever seen. I had several pings of information to put on there and had to work through my willingness to be seen. By week three of the unblocking challenge, we became an official couple. He is the kindest person in my whole list and better than I could have ever imagined. I'm so excited to see the ways I've grown and up-leveled within this relationship. Thank you again for everything. This program really works. Happy manifesting. I'm telling you guys, when you commit to your own internal practice, when you commit to the work, when you clear through those blocks, when you show up for yourself, things shift and things can shift quickly. One of the themes of the full moon I was journaling on is like this idea that we are halfway through 2022. And for the second half of this year, What does that look like if I dropped all of my fears and limiting beliefs and really started calling in and working on the blocks in the way to take the aligned action? What would my life look like in the next six months? What is the highest potential of good for myself in the next six months? And let's start acting and unblocking from that space. The unblocking challenge will be live in the pathway for the rest of the summer until the end of September. So if you are a member, feel free to utilize it at any time during this season. And if you have not joined the pathway yet, this is the last weekend for our summer sale, which will lock you in at the lowest rate for the season for our membership in the pathway where you can access all DIs, all workshops, our supported classes, our community group. Everything is in there to help you manifest and support you on this journey. You can check out the link to sign up in the show notes or on tobemagnetic.com. See you next week and happy manifesting.